welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. We are back with episode number 41, the Big 4-1. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire. One, Jay Chima! Howdy, folks. How are we doing? We're coming at you live on Christmas Eve. We to kind of spend the holidays with you. Actually, it's that, and it was the only time we had available to record this episode. So, so we are so dedicated to drop in a, a podcast every week that we took time away on Christmas Eve to drop this podcast. You got to figure, there's probably one of our fans, maybe a little Hercules2424, a.k.a. Freddy... Hercules, maybe he's doing a little road trip up to, you know, maybe the girlfriend's family or something, you know, we'll have a good episode for the drive, it'll be a good time, all right. good time. All right, all right, well, uh, to all of our listeners and the Profile Radio family, Merry Christmas, and if you don't celebrate that, Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays, Happy yeah. Kwanzaa, Happy Festivus, Happy Hanukkah, you name it, we're proud to be, uh, you know part of uh, having your family part of ours it's going to be a, it's going to be a good 2020 moving forward let me ask you a question da puma yeah best christmas movie of all time die hard oh my god you want those people die hard is a christmas it's movie it's not even a christmas right, movie fine, fine if you're not how be- is gonna, how is taking on terrorists a fucking christmas movie because it happens during christmas but anywho if you're not going to consider die hard a christmas movie i got to go hmm the first Santa Claus with Tim Allen, that yeah. one, that one's mint. Okay. And then uh, Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jingle All the Way. Yeah, that, that's a good one. But Die Hard to me is a Christmas yeah. movie, so that's number one. Uh, for me, I don't consider Die Hard a Christmas movie, but I will go with Christmas Vacation. That's a, that's a classic. Every year yep. I watch it, and I just laugh my ass off. It doesn't get old no matter how many times I watch it, yep. man. Morning. Shitter's full. I know, right? I, I <laughs> Everybody's got that Uncle Eddie, right? Well, I so listen, my sisters were in town this past week. Uh, they're visiting me in Connecticut, and uh, like I actually sat them down and made them watch it. They haven't really watched I've it before. Seen it? Yeah, I mean. I can't judge. I, I haven't seen it until like maybe four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah, but they were having a great time. They're fucking laughing their asses off, and it was fucking awesome, man. It was When Chevy Chase is going shopping at the mall. Yeah. Oh, that chick, dude? <laughs> With the chick. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, hey, my look, God. Russ, there's no lines. Yeah, yeah. So many great fucking lines in that movie, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. I find the funniest, uh, <laughs> the funniest part of the movie to me is when he finally gets the lights to go. Yes. And the neighbors, which is fucking uh, Elaine from Friends. Yep. And uh, for some some random guy, they just start. They can't see anything. They lose this shit. They fall over. Yep. it's absolutely hilarious. Oh my god, I, I laughed joke, my right? ass what off. It? Oh my god. He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I want to address Mama Silva. I've heard you've got a bone to pick with Jay Chima. Yep. Yeah, you know, there's there's positive feedback, Jay. There's positive feedback. I will take our, any criticism, about right? Our episodes, but you know, a couple of people have brought to my attention they 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 may not vibe with the um, the the language aspect of the show. I mean, okay. my uncle, Uncle Danny, shout okay. out to Uncle Danny. He's about that. He's about that action. In the words of Marshawn Lynch, who's yeah. actually back in the league now. But a couple of people, like my mom and you know my aunt, yeah. they, they they may want us to be a little bit more PG. Okay, I okay, say. okay. Mama Silva, and what's the aunt's name? Uh, it's uh, it's Maureen. Yeah. Okay, Aunt Maureen. Yeah, we will try our best to not swear. 
And I will try my best not to swear, okay? You know, when I was a kid, it was Auntie Cookie, but her legal name is Maureen. Auntie Cookie? What a name. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. dude. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Danny and Auntie Cookie. Yeah. So we will do our best. We will not try to swear. I'll just try to replay the, replace the F word with fudging. How about that? <laughs> These fudging patriots can't get their act together. It's going to be great. It's going to be like South Park. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Oh, my God. But um, speaking, you said you said you, you had the you know the sisters up here. Yeah, I did. And you, you kind of cra- – you, you, you stopped by the pad last yeah. week, and you, you were coming over cold. Yeah. So – Dude, so I uh I mean you're alive. We didn't I'm have alive to work now. I feel good, you know what I'm saying? Um for a while there I was like coughing up a lung, you know what I'm saying? I had so much mucus built up. I I couldn't like I truthfully I went to work and my boss was like, You look like shit. Go home. I went to work on Friday because I was that was the one day I had to go to work last week and he was like, How about you just go home? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Don't I don't wanna, wanna get sick. Don't, yeah, the don't weekend, affect Jay. us, you know what I'm saying? So no, it was pretty bad, man. But I but the reason why you know we talk, we're talking about this is because I, I remember a great story when I was younger, um, and this my sister's coming to play here as well because my younger sister Aisha, you know we we kind of I've been big on kind of like brainwashing her and trying to like get her into cars, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I would watch uh, the Grand, I'm sorry Top Gear with her the uh, the show with Jeremy Clarkson yeah. and Richard Hammond and the if you guys don't know about the show it's just three guys with cars, uh, basically driving around doing funny things. Now, I bring it up because we were reminiscing when I was sick last week with my sisters about the time that I laughed so hard watching that show with my sister that I actually passed out. What? Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, st- <laughs> and the story goes, I was really congested. I had I was getting over a cold um, about five years ago as well. And I was still back in Ohio. And I couldn't breathe. You know how when you get really congested, you yeah. can't breathe? So we're watching the show, and the the theme of the show was they were trying to create three um, cost efficient uh, ambulances, and one of the guys is <laughs> one of the guys is that was creating the ambulance. Um, his delivery process for the patient to the emergency room was to swing the van around and then hit a button and eject the eject the uh, the passenger oh or God. the or the the person that needs to need a medical care from the van into the hospital, like literally on a cannon, just shoot him out the back door. And when they when they displayed this, I lost it. I, I was laughing so hard. I was laughing so hard where I couldn't control myself. You ever get to that point yeah. where you just keep laughing and you want to stop, but you laugh even more, and then you get like this weird panic in the back of your mind where you're like, I can't stop laughing, you know? Yeah, I can't breathe. I got to a point where I couldn't breathe, and I had the congestion, and I was laughing, and I just went. Oh. And my sister, my younger sister, was recalling the story, and she's like, "Dude, you were laughing, you were laughing, and all of a sudden you were just like, ah." <laughs> <laughs> And this is my sister. What she does is she gets up and she starts slapping me <laughs> as hard as she can. Oh, you got to get wake I know, up, Jay. I know. I know, right? She's like, wake up. Wake up. You're slapping me. Just, <laughs> just slapping me. Slapping me as hard as she could. And I finally come to like after seven seconds and I'm like, I'm up. I'm up. And she still keeps. <laughs> she's sure she's still awake. slapping me. She's like taking out all her anger for the last like fucking three weeks or whatever it was, right? Uh, but no, we're reminiscing about that time. It was it was, it was uh, absolutely hilarious. Uh, That's great. I couldn't believe I passed out laughing. <laughs> oh shit! Beyond that, that was a good trip though for, for them up. Yeah, it was a great trip, man. Um, we did quite a bit. So my older sister, she uh, she actually had an interview with an optometry school in Philadelphia. Awesome. So Monday and Tuesday we went down there. We hung out in Philadelphia and saw the. You know, saw the uh, saw the town, and she did her interview, and then we came back up, and then we went to Boston. Yeah. On Thursday, and I'm sorry, on Wednesday and Thursday, uh, but they had a great old time out here. Actually, when I was up in Boston, though, the last day we were up there, um, I hit a pothole so hard. Oh shit! Seriously, I, put, I hit a pothole so hard that my front 
passenger tire went out immediately. Oh. And my rear, <laughs> my rear passenger tire, uh, the inner wall actually had three bubbles form immediately. That's how hard I hit oh. it. Yeah, so it was pretty bad, dude. So I, I told my sister, you know, you go do your thing, go see the city. I'm gonna have to get this car towed um, to Mercedes Benz, and obviously have them yeah. um, at the dealership put on two two new tires. But no, dude, it was it was it was horrendous, man. I had to drop like a shit ton of money on two new tires when I didn't want to, well, you know. Dude, welcome to Massachusetts, bro. Like it, you are dude, driving seriously. on the damn moon. Sick and tired of Massachusetts, bro. Yeah, yeah it's a it's a moon. You're driving on the moon. You're getting taxed through the nose. Yeah. How about you, man? How was your week off? Would you do anything special? <sighs> You know, it was all right. We had to work from home last week, and I hate working from home. I would, like, you know, we, we, people up north in the 603, like, they had a decent amount of snow. I think they had, like, I don't even know. Like, some places have, like, about 15 inches. Some places have, like, about a foot. So, but we had ice down here, and our, you know, my job, they said, oh, just work from home. And working from home, we're getting the basement waterproof. So, we had the basement contractors there last, uh, last Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. And then we had like the, this house cleaning service come through and there's so much stuff going on that I literally went outside. I looked and I was like, I could probably drive in this if I wanted to. Cause I I would rather take my chances with the almighty than work from home. Mm. But beyond that, like the basement's all waterproof. I survived working from home. And then the friggin' like the toilet, like I've been like Tim tool time, Taylor. Like that's been, that's been me the last 72 hours. So, like, the toilet broke, trying to fix the valve or fix the, the fill valve, fix that. Then, like, the, the valve with the water supply breaks, try to fix that. The hose breaks, bro. Like, if anybody needs, like, a fill valve replaced in the toilet bowl tank, yeah. just hit me up on social media because I'm a freaking expert at this point. Right, so, right. Dude, speaking of which, um, Tim the Toolman Tiller, what was the name of that show? Uh, Tool Time? Tool House? Uh, what was Home it? Improvement? Um, I think it's whatever it was, it was an underrated good show. Yeah, like I genuinely had a good time watching that. Yeah, and the then like I... that same cast for the most part became Last Man Standing on Fox. I'm pretty sure. Uh, how was that? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's this day and age of politics, and if you're yeah. lining up with you know the the Republicans and you're on a Democrat network for the most part, you're gonna get pulled off. So ah, is yeah. that what happened? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, mm. they, they. I think he was doing Last Man Standing. Him being Tim Allen, yeah. you feel free to fact check me out on the social media webs, but I'm pretty sure it was on ABC or CBS, yeah. and he had like a comment or two about things, uh-huh. and they kind of weren't happy about it, and the sponsors weren't happy about it. So next thing you know, it gets pulled off of there, and Fox buys the rights to it, and then it ends up being on Fox. Ah, so, well, Fox will well, obviously, yeah. Welcome to 2019. No, but speaking of other underrated shows, man, um, like obviously everybody has their favorites, right? Like the bigger ones such as uh, The Friends and The Seinfelds from that era are obviously the, the really big ones, but some really underrated ones like that show and also like The King of Queens. Yes. Dude, great shows yep. that just kind of get buried in history where people kind of forget about them. Yep. But out of that era, between the 90s and early 2000s, I mean, I had a great old time with um, King... Uh, I'm sorry, was it? Uh, King of Queens. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's a good time. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Are you ready for some football? Yeah. Do you want to get to anything else? That's all I got, man. Okay. I've been itchy. We got we got a lot to talk about. I'm, uh, a couple I'm of game previews. I'm at an all-time low in my sadness right now. What? Oh, because we're at the, the finish lines inside. Can you believe it's been week 17 already? It's a blur. It just, I mean, to think, I mean, to think, like, a blink of an eye ago, we were doing mock drafts and the draft. blink of an eye ago, we're talking about how Antonio Brown was causing issues at fucking, I'm sorry, at Fudgeon. 
Uh, <laughs> training Just camp. Up, Jay. At training camp. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Actually, uh, you know what? It's only one so far. Yeah, that's true. We'll keep a count on it. Yeah. So that's are we one. set the over-under at five? Let's do the over-under at seven. Set? Oh. You know what? I'm 12 minutes in right now. Let's do a five. Five? Yeah. I'm taking the over. Yeah. So, so. All, right, all right. Cool. All right. Cool. <laughs> but... But no, we, you remember that, right? We were just sitting here talking about training camp, and now all of a sudden we're, we're at the end of the year. Yep. I'm starting to get sad. Yep. It's what's fine. The, what the it's hell? Fine. We're going to go to the playoffs. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good postseason slate. going to have some Super Bowl preview episodes. Yeah. going to take a couple weeks off. We'll reload. We'll come back for a mock draft. It's going to be a good time. We've got a lot of good stuff for you guys on the horizon. But Yeah, and let us know uh, what you guys want to hear in the offseason. Um, there will be times where we'll be going away for two or three weeks at a time just because there's not much is going on. We'll obviously ramp up as you know the draft happens and as we get closer to training camp. Um, but we won't have a an, an episode week in and week out. But we'll we'll you know we'll take some feedback from from our listeners and figure out what the best course yeah. of action is. Be a good time. Okay, cool. So week sixteen storylines, man. I have the Patriots as a storyline. I got the Cowboys as a storyline. You have the Jaguars and the. I had the Jaguars purge, which then pretty much blends into my take on the potential coaching carousel moving forward into the offseason. Nice, nice. Okay, uh, so the first thing first, as a staple as always, is just to give you a quick update on the Patriots. Um, so the uh, the old Patriots are back, right? Um, after a win over the Bills on Sunday. The final score, I can't believe I didn't write it down here. Is it 21-14? 21-10? 21-17? It was by like a touchdown. Yeah, it was by a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have to score down. I'm blanking right now. But we have reclaimed the AFC East for the 11th straight eleventh uh, straight time um, in in, uh, in our history. So the Patriots beat the best defense, in my eyes, in the AFC East. I think the Bills' defense is better than the Ravens' defense, better than the Chiefs' defense. And I think, to a degree, they're better than the Patriots' defense as well. Uh, and actually, the offense for the Patriots have has looked damn good doing it as well. Now, this is easily the best the Patriots have looked all year, all year long. Uh, this is something that I was hoping would come a little earlier, maybe five weeks ago, but uh, we finally got there. Now, the main reason the pass looked so good was because that offensive line was finally gelling. They actually gave Brady time to throw the ball. They actually gave him time to actually do something back there instead of him getting sacked the second he got the ball. Now, a second big thing that happened was. Landon Roberts is actually learning the fullback position on the fly. They moved Landon Roberts from the defensive side of the football to the offensive side, um, and he's actually starting to pick it up really well. The reason why our running game was so was so efficient on on Sunday was because the offensive line was gelling, and Landon Roberts was actually blocking for Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been saying this for weeks: is they James Devlin has been missed yep. in that offense since of he went down. Well, when did he go down? Like, oh, like four? Yeah, like early, man. Early, right? Um, but I think with all the issues going on, such as, like, you know, David Andrews going out, our center, then our, you know, backup center going out, and then obviously our fullback going out, I think finally we're at the point where we're gelling. Now, the running game looked fairly smooth, like I like I mentioned. Um and then Brady looked pretty good as well, finishing with 78% completion, uh, 271 yards, one touchdown, and 85 QBR. Uh, Julian Edelman ended up with five uh, catches for 72 yards and was serviceable as always. Now, I am concerned about the defense, though. It's trying to show some serious cracks in that defense. Yeah, they kind of they got burned big time with a John Brown touchdown. They did, and that was a blown coverage, something I haven't seen in a long time. Um, and I will say this. If Josh Allen didn't overthrow five or six wide-open receivers – the Bills be winning that game. They'll be walking out of Gillette with a win. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I'm happy with the progress that I saw on Sunday. 
Um, they won the 11th straight AFC's title. Um, now, I'm not saying they're going to be back on a Super Bowl trajectory. Let's calm the Patriot hate for a second, right? Well, listen, but, I love when people say Patriot hate, but, but at the end back. of the day, this looks like a team that's gelling at the right time. If I see the same type of performance next week where, let's say, only two out of the nine offense possessions look, there, like, look like they were crap and we actually moved the ball, I would honestly feel more comfortable going to the playoffs. Now, I still think it's a two-horse race out of the AFC between the Chiefs and the Ravens right now. But if people are out there seeing the Bills can be a you know dark horse that can make some sort of noise, and the Patriots will definitely be able to be in that category as well. It's somebody you want to watch on that can make some noise in the playoffs. Right. I mean, what have I been saying the last few episodes, banging the table for, is run, the, do what Denver did and run the football more and lean on the defense. And if you look all the way back to that the game against Dallas over the last five weeks, the rushing attempts, Dallas, it was 27 attempts for 101 yards. Houston, 29 attempts for 145. Kansas City, 22 attempts for 94 yards. Then New England cranked it up against Cincinnati. They rushed for 32 for 175. And then Buffalo was 35 rushing attempts for 143 yards like they're they're attempt they're trying to establish the run more a little bit in my opinion and i think this is what the what the ingredients are going to be for the playoffs it's just to lean on that run game sony michelle they did this last year where they leaned on him a little bit more they were able to to establish the run and i think if they're going to be able to move forward in the playoffs they're going to have to run the football down people's throats and some of these playoff teams Granted, like the Kansas City Chiefs, like that defense has come along over the last yeah, couple over of Over the weeks. last six weeks, they're the best defense in the NFL. Yep. And then uh, Baltimore, they, they can kind of be a little suspect to, you know, perimeter receivers at times and also getting the football run in between yeah. the tackles. So if they're going to move forward into the playoffs, they're going to have to lean a little bit more on the run game because these secondaries, they're ball hawking secondaries. Well, it's, so. it, I mean, that's in theory, it's easy to say, but the issue is the offensive line until last week just didn't show anything, man. Like they were, and, and, and to point something out two weeks ago against the Bengals, like a simple stunt that the defensive, uh, that the defense uh, ran with uh, to blitz was something they couldn't even pick up. Like it was just like, running through paper mache it was that mm-hmm. bad a simple stunt something that we i've seen them pick up multiple times over the last like few years you know what i'm saying like it's not that hard but it's just uh it's just that the the offensive line i think finally is gelling i want to see one more week against the dolphins the dolphins are obviously a bad team but they do have some sort of you know some of competition they're not like the fucking i'm sorry right, they're, they're not, not gonna lay yeah, down they're gonna yeah. play hard the whole time it's definitely a team if you want to tune up your run game you can definitely run on my dolphins so yeah. I expect that game, I don't even think it's on a preview slate, but for the the Pats-Dolphins, one, every starter for New England is going to have to play because if they win in Kansas City, well, if they win regardless, they get the number two seed, they get a first-round bye, which they crucially need because everybody's banged up on the offensive side of the football, including Julian Edelman. If they get that first-round bye, that's going to be a godsend for New England. Oh, my God, so good. But... If they if they lose and Kansas City wins, which is Kansas City's playing the Chargers, that should be a layup. In, yeah. theory, In theory, it should be a layup. Yeah. Then Kansas City would take the number two slot, and New England would be playing on Wild Card Weekend, yep. I believe. Correct. So yep. 
And they both kick off at once. So it's not like yep. New England can wait till 4 o'clock and be like, oh, well, Kansas yep. City's about to lose. I can rest my starters. Which so. I love the way the NFL does this, like, flex scheduling at the last, like, week or so. Mm-hmm. Just figuring out, well, you, you don't want any of this happening, so let's play every at the same time. Let's put the best game of the day at night. Uh, the flex scheduling has been an absolute godsend. Yep, yep for sure. Also, I, dro- I, I dropped a half F word there. Uh, so does that count or is that no? Yeah, well, in Vegas, you know, the over-under is like 45 and a half. So I guess that's like 1.5. Okay. All right. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all you, brother, man. Well, you want to go to your next point? Because mine kind of just blend okay. into one. So the next one is the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys lose to the Eagles 17-9 and essentially all but put the nail in the coffin on, in their season. Now, first of all, that was a tough game to watch. Am I right? Am I wrong? 17-9? That was, ew, that was yucky. Total, it's se- Jay, it's 17-9. Total snooze fest. And the number one wide receiver for Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles yeah. is a former wide receiver for the defunct AAF, my San Antonio Commanders. And yeah. he also played quarterback in college. And Carson went through all over them. Yeah. Like, he hooked up with him. He hooked up with Dallas Goddard. He hooked up with Zach Ertz before he went down. Do you use protection? You, you know. Eh, <laughs> I mean, it's in Philadelphia. Okay. Who knows? Second, that, it's an embarrassment that either the Seahawks or San Francisco, as of right now, need to travel to Philadelphia in the playoffs if they do win out. Mm-hmm. I... Wasn't a fan of reseeding, but I kind of see why people are so, like, hell-bent on this. Because it is pretty bad that a team that's going to win 11, 12 games is going to go across the country to go play the Eagles, who are, like, 9-7 and seven at the end of the day. But how often has it happened? Though? It's happened... Uh, like, the last time was the Panthers, and that was, like, what, six, seven years ago? And then before that, it was, it was these the 7-9 Seahawks that beat the Saints. Now, what I say to that is, like, what if that was in the Thunderdome? There's no way, in my mind, you nah. go into Thunderdome and beat down the C- the Saints. Now, let's not pull so a shot and burn the whole always, I, I am I'm kind of, like, more open to the fence of them reseeding the playoffs. Um, as you see more of these scenarios develop. Now, this will probably be the last time we talk about the Cowboys unless they somehow get in the playoffs. But I kind of wanted to just talk about what happened this year. I just wanted to kind of go quickly over how badly these guys crumble so quickly. Now, I think Jason Garrett does deserve a lot of the blame for the lackluster leadership he provides. But after watching the Cowboys, man, this year, two things really kind of stood out to me into what attributed to the, to the shit year. Now, the first, the first being the defense was underpresent and performed big time. Um, I had high hopes that the vaunted defense from last year was going to take steps this year, but they seem to have regressed. Um, simple fundamentals such as being gap sound or playing with leverage or containing the pocket or tackling at a high level are all areas the defense has regressed in. Now, I also think the injuries, uh, the injury to Van Der Esch and the subpart play of Demarcus Lawrence are the two main culprits you can point at for the defensive issues. Just because Van Der Esch is one of the linebackers and he's been hurt all year long and he's one of their um, main tackling machines out there. And then obviously Demarcus Lawrence, he got his big money, but he hasn't done anything at all this year and hasn't put any pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Now, the second, the bigger one being the Dak Prescott cannot carry this team. I think I finally come to that conclusion um, because I said it a few times this year that the Cowboys were purposely like they kind of went away from Zeke so that Dak can kind of carry them to the promised land. Um, and I think that is something that's kind of biting them in the ass now. 
Um, I used to hear comments a few years ago saying Dak needs everything perfect to win. And I think I finally understand what that means. Just because if you, the O-line isn't giving Dak three seconds to throw, if the if Zeke isn't getting five yards to carry, Dak's not going to be able to carry that team. Um, so those are the main two things I really kind of wanted to highlight um, in regards to why the Cowboys had a, a pretty subpar year. Um, I know a lot of times Jason Garrett just gets the main brunt of it and everybody doesn't look deeper into the issues. But that defense is, that defensive issue with Van Der Esch and both Demarcus Lawrence not producing as they should have, like last year, is, I think, really big and something that no, no people need to kind of right. keep an eye on. And then finally, all in all, Jason Garrett is going to be fired and they need to bring in Urban Meyer, my man from the Ohio State Buckeyes. Well, well I'm going to address the coaching carousel in a minute, but it's, it's funny that, you know, Yes, the Clapper. Yes, Jason Garrett deserves, you know, a, a, a very decent size of the blame here. Kellen Moore deserves some of the blame here, too. You're paying 90-plus million dollars for Ezekiel Elliott. You need to run the friggin' football. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL. But uh, on CBS Sports today, uh, DeMarcus, there was an article, and the, the headline is, DeMarcus Lawrence perfectly sums up the Cowboys season. Talent without direction is nothing at all. So there's already where they have to win this weekend against the Redskins, which on paper should should be easy. It, it should on happen. Paper, yeah. Uh, and then they need Philadelphia to lose against the Giants. If they do that, they're in the playoffs. But there's already infight. Like you have a headline like this throwing the coaching under the bus, yeah. and then you have Jason Garrett on local radio yesterday when they asked him why Amari Cooper wasn't on that drive when it was fourth and eight and they could have yeah. either went for the first down or at least or got the touchdown. And he uh, he pretty much put the blame on Kellen Moore. Yeah, he did, like, yeah. Kellen Moore is in charge of the personnel when Jason Garrett, you're the head coach. Like you're the yeah. and you're the, the buck stops here kind yeah. of guy. So we're you're you're about to go into a another must win scenario and you're already there's already finger pointing here. I said this weeks ago, I believe it was after they lost to the Jets, that this is the biggest pretender in the NFC, and this is the biggest pretender in the NFL. The yeah. talent is there. You're paying all these people, and you can't even – you're not even going to come out of the division alive, and you don't even have to – you could be a seven-win team and win the division, for Christ's sake. So – I don't know. I don't know what the hell Dallas does because they got a lot of they well, have a lot of people they need to pay. They got to yeah. pay Dak Prescott and Dak down the well, stretch has not helped his cause to be a forty million dollar a year. Yeah, he's man. not getting that money. If you as Cowboys brass paid Dak Prescott forty million dollars, then you are dumber than we thought you would be because that guy is at best a twenty seven million dollar a year quarterback. Twenty five, the way he's played the last actually I don't know the last six weeks of the season. But if you tie up $140 million a year in Dak Prescott, dude, best of luck. You think this is bad this year? It's not even I mean, better. if anything, the, I think at this rate, the max might be what Carson Wentz got. Mm -hmm. And that's the max. What was that and again? Even that, oh, I his numbers. I don't remember the numbers. Yeah. But, it's, I mean, Jared Goff broke that before yeah. they, they started the season. Yeah. So the Carson Wentz contract might be the uh, But the, But the I get Dak him. Prescott as well, but that defense underperformed all year, man. And the, the that first defense, side of adversity yeah. on both sides of the football, the like the, the one that stands out to me is the Chicago game where yeah. they march down the field, they have a perfect drive, Ezekiel Elliott punches it in for a touchdown, Chicago gets the ball. I think, they, I think Mitch even threw a turnover in the red zone. Yep. They get the football. And then they march down the field, and Brett Maher misses a field goal, and then the fucking wheels fall off the bus. And that's the first quarter. And then, and then, any time there's adversity, they fold 
like a, a pup tent and a windstorm. And it's just... You just said the F word. A pup tent? You said a, the F word. In a windstorm? You said the F and wheels fall off. Oh, whatever. I'm just saying, Mama Silva, I'm it's cooking, fine. not going to be happy. Whatever. <laughs> There's my what? One? Fine. F it. <laughs> oh! Um... All right, man. You're the floor is your brother. Yeah. Man. What do you so, want to get into? I mean, this was kind of this was at the beginning of last week, but it's uh, it's it's kind of important if you think about it. So uh, the Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the embattled Jaguars, since they were about one quarter away from going to the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles oh, and an elite defense, long time ago, <laughs> a long time ago. Ever since that moment, they've been in a tailspin. There's been infighting. There's been people that were about to get fired. Jalen Ramsey's been chirping. He gets traded away. And last week. The NFLPA, the NFL Players Association, the Players Union, they come out with a scathing press release uh, about a grievance that the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, uh, they, they, they won over the team in regards to a bunch of fines uh, stemming from Dante Fowler in regards to not showing up to, air quote, uh, mandatory rehab appointments uh, and Dante Fowler was fined up to uh, $700,000. So he got fined $700K. Uh, Leonard Fournette last year when he was inactive uh, from t- uh, based on uh, performance or behavior the week prior when he got into a fight in Buffalo, he was fined $90,000 for sitting on the bench even though he was inactive by Tom Coughlin. And uh, they came out with a scathing uh, a scathing press release basically saying over the last two years any nfl grievance uh filed by any of the players throughout the league 25 percent of them were from players on the jacksonville jaguars roster and they went into further detail this is on our instagram page and our facebook page uh and the last line that really stood out and to me was the nail in the coffin uh for for tom coughlin was and i quote you as players may want to consider this when you have a chance to select your next club. The team was already having issues yeah. filling the stadium for the Jacksonville Jaguars home games. And then you have that moment where the club now has to pay in excess of $800,000 back to players that were fined. And there's already rumblings that the team is about to move across the pond. And then you have the NFLPA telling future free agents, hey, you might not want to go down to Duval County because any little thing you're going to get fined over. Like every clock in the building was set five minutes early. Yeah, because if you're on time, you're late. So if you were actually on time, you were late. So and yeah. you would be fine, or you would be you would be you would sit out. You would be riding the bench in a game, and then the, it came to a head. That release came out on a Tuesday, Wednesday evening. Tom Coughlin was relieved of his duties, yeah. and head coach Doug Marone and the general manager Dave Caldwell will be reporting directly to Shad Khan. And it's well, that's it's a great move by Shad Khan uh, to actually dismiss Tom Coughlin uh, immediately because how he was running that organization is not what the modern NFL is all about. That could work back in the fifties or. 60s or whenever he coached, um, but running a such an iron fist in, in, in an NFL club nowadays, it's not going to work. These players are, they have too much power, they have too much freedom. Right, and it's hard to like, to run a tight ship if your team is not winning immediately. Yeah. Like if your team has been on the skids, if you've been losing six out of seven games, and you're, you're you know, if you're early, you're on time, and if you're on time, you're late, and you're finding people $90,000 for sitting on a bench... Yeah, that's going to get old fast. Yeah. And 
That's why Jalen Ramsey wanted, wanted out of there. Like, yeah, people could say, oh, he had a fight with Doug Marone. But a lot of that, I think, stemmed from the executive vice president and Tom Coughlin and, and how he was handling his business down yeah. there. I, I think this is such a black eye on Tom Coughlin that I don't think he'll ever be able to come back and do anything in the NFL ever again. I don't think he's I think, back. I think he's super old. So he's going to go away and, you know, drink his Metamucil. But I don't know, I, like, if he did have interest in, you know, being in coaching again or being in, you know, front office again, I don't think nobody wants him now after this. And it's interesting because Shad Khan is one of, like, the, the first owners to actually, like, embrace analytics kind of deal yeah. and then you have like yeah. Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone yeah. that are more like the old school type yeah. and you know where Shotgun's from? Pakistan? He's Pakistan. Yeah. He's from my hometown. Oh, look at that. Making us proud. Look at that. Way to go, Shad. Yeah. They're also uh, Can investors I get $20? in uh, AEW, All Elite oh. Wrestling. I think his son actually uh, hit somebody with the Stone Cold Stunner the other I, night. I kind of like his mustache. Yeah. It's, it's pretty on point. Right, right. Pretty, that's, pretty that's pretty dope. So, good move by Jacksonville. They had to address this issue, especially if they want to fill the stadium. So. Did I hear did I read a report correct that they're going to bring back the head coach and the GM next year? If Doug Marone, they, they lost last week against the Falcons. If they're able to have a good performance this coming weekend, I, I forget who they're playing because we, we only previewed the, the teams that are still in the playoff hunt. But if, uh, if well, they, they got to play the AFC South, so they're playing the Titans. Titans? No, the Titans are playing Houston. So who is so the, be the Colts? The Colts, yeah, the guy who playing the Colts. So if they're able to pull off a win there, maybe Doug Marone saves his job. But I think at this point, you you got to tear it down to the studs and uh, and. And, and just start all over again with the new coaching staff, especially when you're trying to get potential free agents down there. Which then leads into my second point, which is DePuma's potential De Puma. ca uh, coaching carousel uh, landing spot. So, in my opinion, there's going to be a couple of jobs that are going to be opening, starting with the Giants. You're going to have the possibly the Falcons, the Dallas Cowboys for sure, the Cleveland Browns, in my opinion. I think Freddie Kitchens... Has, uh, has possibly will be coaching his last game uh, this year. Thank God. Uh, this coming weekend. And for the New York Giants, I'm just going to preface this a, a lot. I'm going to mention Matt Rule's name a lot with these teams. But yeah. with the Giants, uh, unless they beat the Philadelphia Eagles this week in a fantastic fashion like they had the game last week with uh, the Washington Redskins and Daniel Jones threw for five touchdowns and didn't put the ball on the ground. If they have a, another performance like this against the Eagles, I think Pat Shermer might do enough to convince people to keep his job. If they lay an egg or if they lose to the Philadelphia Eagles, I think he'll be out. And for me, the two candidates that could land here uh, are Matt Rule, the head coach out of Baylor. Uh, he was potentially going to be the Jets head coach last year, but the Jets brass would not let him pick his own coaching staff, so he, he stayed in college. Or Ron Rivera. And I think Ron Rivera might be ahead on points just yeah. because of his history down in Carolina with Dave Gettleman. They went to a Super Bowl together. I think if, uh, if they were to have an interview today, uh, I think – you know, Ron Rivera might be ahead on points, and I think Ron Rivera would instill uh, a little bit more toughness in the the uh, the entire team as a whole. Because I, I don't actually, think Pat Shermer yeah. is inspiring a whole lot of toughness out of that team. So. I actually really like that Ron Rivera to New York Giants move. I think mm -hmm. he wants to be in New York as well. I heard I some so rumblings too. about that. Yep. But I think with just his leadership and just how he's a man's man, 
Um, he delegates responsibility really well. He's not going to oversee defense or offense. Yeah. He's just going to lead, and he's going to provide leadership. I think he's a great fit for especially a young quarterback and a young running back. Yep, yep. Uh, so then the Falcons, in my opinion, I think uh, that Coach Dan Quinn, I think he keeps his job. I think he'll be Oof, back. Bad mistake. If I think they do. he'll be back only because, based on comments over the last, uh, when they were in the middle of their losing streak, from Julio Jones and company saying that it's not the coaching staff's fault. We have been underperforming as players. Yeah. They've been putting us in positions to succeed, and we failed them. And then the last couple of weeks, they've gone on a tear and they've hung tight against some people, and then they've they've won in impressive fashion a few times. I think he has done enough this year to at least keep his job going into next season. Yeah. If they start off with another losing streak, that's going to change with Dr. Blank well, and he's going to clean house. But I think he keeps his job next year moving forward. The Dallas Cowboys... Let me, let me hit a point on the uh, on the Falcons real quick. I, th- I think if they do, that's one of the dumbest decisions Dr. Blank will ever make. And the reason why I say that is because ever since Kyle Shanahan left and the Falcons lost the Patriots in that Super Bowl, they have not been the same. They've had two... Back-to-back seasons now where they have lost, where they have losing records just because Kyle Shanahan is not there overseeing that offense. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I mean, at the end of the day, maybe Kyle Shanahan should have been the head coach of that team yeah. instead of Dan Quinn from what it looks like. So yep. I would not bring him back for another year, man. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That's my thought on the Falcons. Dallas, I think it's going to come down to Lincoln Riley or Matt Rule again. Um, and it's No, Urban Meyer? Even though no, they have conversations already in the back no, channels? No, I don't think so, only because, you know, as much as you know, Jerry Jones is going to come out and say that yeah, I'm humbled that, you know, Urban Meyer wants to coach America's team, wants to be right. a Dallas Cowboy, I just think that behind closed doors, like, I think when Urban Meyer came out and said, oh, if I was ever to come out and yeah. coach a professional team, it would just be the Dallas Cowboys, I think that kind of... I heard rumblings when that first happened that it, it rubbed a few people in Frisco, Texas, wrong yeah. the wrong way a little bit. Um, which hey, there's nothing wrong for lobbying for a job, but yeah. well, I don't think it was like lobbying. He just said, well, Colin Coward asked him the question, you know, if the Dallas Cowboys call you, would you take that call? And he's like, yeah, of course. When the Cowboys call you, it's like the Yankees or the Lakers, you take that call. That's all yeah. he said. Yeah, then he followed that up with another quote saying, if I was to coach a professional team, it would really just be the Dallas Cowboys. On the same interview? Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. But uh, that was definitely a quote I saw this morning at 5 o'clock, sucking down my second cup of coffee. Um, But I think he kind of rubbed people wrong, not saying it's not going to happen, but out of these, for this job, I think it'd be either the the hot new item, it would be the Lincoln Riley or the the Matt Rule. Uh, I think Dallas, obviously they want to modern their offense a bit. And I think a new head coach or, you know, with uh, with Kellen Moore. And I also think that Kellen Moore might have an outside chance at getting the head coaching oh job. Oh, my God. Only because, and this was brought up a couple of weeks ago, that the last time Dallas has done anything in the postseason, in the playoffs, they won a Super Bowl. Jerry Jones is just Jerry Jones, the owner. And Jimmy Johnson was the, the general manager. He was the head coach. He oversaw everything. And Jerry Jones was over that, and he pushed Jimmy Johnson out, and he took over as a general manager. And I think Jerry's that kind of guy that would want a puppet where he could be the guy behind the strings making Kellen Moore dance the yeah. dance that he wants him to do. So if he wants the, you know, the master of puppets feel, yeah. I think Kellen Moore would be the guy. And if you're going to go out to Baylor to hire Matt Rule, you better be you better have the job like ask for him to accept or decline the job right there when you go to his house. Yeah. Because 
Matt Rule's going to have his pick of NFL jobs this year if he's able to go into the perfect situation. Like I said, he turned down the Jets job. They wouldn't let him pick his own coaching staff. He was in the running to be the, the Colts head coach, but they went with Frank Reich instead. And he just wants the perfect situation. And I don't think the personalities would, would jive between him and Jerry Jones. And I think Lincoln Riley and Jerry Jones might be a little bit of a stretch as well, too. Um, so I, I, I don't I don't see the Lincoln Riley thing panning out because I think the job he has right now is a much better job than the right. Dallas Cowboys job. Right. Now, you are correct in the fact that Jerry Jones wants to win, but he wants to get the credit when he wins as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just about winning anymore. So I do believe a puppet master is what he is and he needs a puppet. Now, I think Matt Rule, I don't listen, I don't know where all this Matt Rule love came from. I watched college football quite a bit. Never in the last three years have I watched a Bill game and said, whoa, like, who is that? You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know if it's just he got in the right circles, if he impressed a few of the right people. Now, I am not personally impressed by Matt Rule. Maybe I'm, I might be wrong. But if you do want to hire a college coach, I don't understand why you wouldn't go after I somebody believe, as. I believe the Matt Rule air quote love fest stems from his work when he was at Temple as well. Because he brought Temple from like a scrap heap to you know, you know, making noise out in the conference that they were in. Yeah. And, uh, and he, I mean, I one of my friends, Andrew Padnod, he played in the band at Temple, and I went to a Temple-UConn game years ago. And, yeah. I mean, Temple was basically my high school team. Yeah. Like, so, based on some of the things that I've seen and read about, about his time at Temple and then moving to Baylor and there's all the uh, the embattlements with the, you know, the off-the-field issues with Baylor and, like, the, the sex scandals – he, he really brought that program along for all the good reasons, and I think that's why they, they yeah. appreciate what he's done. And the last – one of the last teams – I got Cleveland. Freddie oh Kitchens God. played – Goodbye, Freddie Kitchens. He, he's done. He played his way out – he coached his way out of a job. He couldn't, he couldn't manage the game. He was too proud to have Todd Munkin call plays. In the last two weeks, two weeks ago, Jarvis Landry went off on the sideline. And last week, which I was actually surprised it, it, it took this long for 16 Odell weeks. to I'm, finally I'm erupt. Pr- I'm proud of Odell. I I'm, really am. I'm surprised. Uh, he he went off, in my opinion, and I think in the rest of America's opinion, he went off after a, a, a blown uh, play call on second, the two-point conversion. Two-point conversion, yeah. Could have went to Odell. Yeah. I think he was probably more open now yep. to anybody there, and they threw it to Ricky Seals-Jones yeah. in the end zone, and that didn't pay Well, I out. think he has his frustration with the wrong person. I think you got to show your frustration to Baker Mayfield because mm-hmm. he is poop. But there's there's a lot of noise, and it seems to be split uh, split house. John Dorsey wants to keep Freddie Kitchens. The the Haslam family, they, the ownership team, they want to get rid of Freddie Kitchens and move on. And this is where Urban Meyer comes in. Oh, the I, Urbanator. I think Urban Meyer would be a fit at, for at least a season <laughs> yeah. with the Cleveland Browns. He's got history in the area. I believe he's an Ohio guy. He yeah, he grew up Ohio He grew State. up right down the street. He's, yeah. got, he's got a lot of history there. The, the name will draw, will draw the fans there. And I think it would, would modernize the offense a little bit if they're yeah. not going to give Todd Munkin the job. And uh, I, I think Urban Meyer would fit here. And I think Carolina, I think they're going to want to, off, obviously they want an offensive-minded coach because they moved on from Ron Rivera, and they want some guy that's going to imp- uh, embrace the analytics factor just based on Dave Tepper's background uh, from you know being a Wall Street hedge guy. He's been pounding the table for analytics, and that kind of rubbed the wrong way with Ron Rivera. 
And I think this is a Mike McCarthy, Matt again, Matt Rule situation where one of these two guys are offensive-minded people. And I think that this would be a landing spot for one of these two guys. Uh, at recording, today is Tuesday, Christmas Eve. The day before, uh, I believe Mike McCarthy actually interviewed with the Carolina yep. Panthers. Yep. So they're already kicking the tires on Mike. Um, and he. I, I think one of these two guys would be a perfect fit for the Carolina Panthers, especially if they're going to potentially get – another franchise quarterback in the draft or keep and keep Cam Newton maybe as a bridge guy. We'll see. But if uh, I had a Matt Rule meter, I would put the Carolina Panthers as one. Yeah. I put the Giants as two. And I have Dallas as the outside shot at number three. So he's a hot candidate then, huh? I think so. He's the hot candidate. Yep. Interesting. I believe so. Only because the last year he could have had that Jets job if he could have picked his own coaching staff and they said no and they yeah. went with crazy eye Adam Gase who has been trolling people Do saying you see that? I'm, rich, rich as, I'm rich as fuck. Oh, there's number two. That's fine. I don't care. Oh, there's number two. I'm using a quote, ma. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the guy they went with. The guy that loves smelling salts. He, he looks like he's trying to fly. Yo, he's batshit crazy. He's crazy. I've said this all year, Jay. Throughout four years in Miami, what if what has anybody seen that inspires confidence? He beat the Patriots once. That has to be it. It's, I can't it's think insane. of anything else. You know what I'm saying? It's insane. But those are my two points. Okay, cool, man. Awesome, awesome. Uh, let's get into week 17 games. We're only going to pick four games, uh, the one that actually have some sort of playoff implications. Uh, I feel like for the most part, the playoff field is set. It's basically set. Yeah, the games that we're going to pick have some sort of playoff implication. Uh, the first one being Philadelphia versus the New York Giants. Philadelphia beat the Cowboys 17-9 on Sunday to be the front runner for the NFC East crown. Now, for the past three weeks... Carson Wentz has done something Dak Prescott cannot do. He put a banged-up team, a banged-up, injured, depleted team on his back, and he's carrying them to three straight wins and potentially to the playoffs now. Um, well, on Sunday, Wentz was sensational. He finished 31-40 of 40 for 319 yards and one touchdown. Now, the emergence of rookie running back Miles Sanders from Penn State is also a big reason the Eagles are soaring as of late. Uh, Miles finished with 156 yards of total offense on Sunday, and he's a big threat in that offense. And he has a lot of breakaway speed. And who was he the backup to? Uh, Saquon Barkley. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, at Penn State. Quite the backfield. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Eagles are one win or Cowboys lost away from the playoffs. Uh, didn't see that coming a month ago when they lost to the Dolphins. Yep. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, my draft the NFL is so wild, bro. Uh, the e uh, on the other side, the Giants. Um, listen, not much to say here about the Giants. They had a great win the other day, but they're still four and eleven. Uh, they're coming off of being uh, the the Redskins. Uh, Daniel Jones had a great performance. Uh, his probably his best one of the year so far. There's been a lot of bad ones, so he really needed this one. He ended up with five touchdowns, and now he's above the 500 mark in that touchdown to uh, turnover ratio, 23 touchdowns and 21 turnovers for the year. Uh, Saquon also showed up with a really great performance, um, 279 yards from scrimmage to two TDs. Somebody who ever had him in his fantasy league? This guy. Probably ate at, what, like 40 points or something, right? Uh, 39.90. All he needed was a couple more yards. He would have had 40. Yeah, and on top of that, I think Saquon also has not had many good performances this year either. A lot of injury issues, a lot of, uh, you know, offense not being in rhythm kind of issues. But for the most part, this is probably his best performance of the year. In the last two weeks, that's when he came alive. Yeah. 
Um, now, with the win on Sunday, the, the Giants gave up the Chase, uh, Chase Young draft. Uh, I'm sorry, they gave up Chase Young in the draft. Uh, so I don't know what the thought process there is. Uh, I don't know what the point of winning this late in the uh, in the season is. Uh, ultimately, like you just mentioned, Pat Shermer will be the fall guy um, for Dave Gettleman's dumb moves and for the most part, Daniel Jones' bad play. Um, but bring on the 2020 draft for the Giants. I see no way the Eagles uh, winning. I'm sorry, no way the Eagles are winning, losing this game, giving the Eagles 36-17. All right, all right. Now, real quick, say what you want about Dave Gettleman. Like, the Leonard Williams trade is nonsensical because you're going to have to pay this guy. But what he did with Odell, looking looking back now. that No, that team has bigger issues than Odell. Come on. Looking back Come on. Now, no, I'm no, no. Saying, Freddie Kitchens is a complete I'm moron. Saying, no, there's a lot more to that. That's, that's an unfair slide on Odell. It's not a, there's, there's bigger. What's the biggest issue with that team? Is everybody. Odell? Is Odell? Everybody, it's uh, Odell, listen, man, it's, nah, it's, nah. it's Jarvis, If you it's are Baker. truthful about this, the biggest issue with that team is um, Freddie Kitchens. Secondly is Baker. And maybe down fifth is Odell where he just Jay, went off Jay. now. I will not buy a one bit. I'm not buying a one bit. Absolutely take not. Take me. Take, take, come after What's me. What's wrong with that? Every, the dude What's just, wrong with that? They're here? out of the playoffs. They're not even have a winning season. Might as well get traded off of a fucking rock. Jay, he, he didn't want to be this, out there. He Jay, didn't want to be out Jay, in Cleveland. I will he never buy this. That this. is not. He that's was a, saying that's this. an unfair slight on Odell Beckham Jay, Jr. He was saying this when they were still in the playoff hunt. They were still alive in the playoff hunt last week. Maybe, he was saying well, he this saw when the, they played the Niners. He saw the writing on the wall, man. Stop it. What do you to say? Stop But it. I'm not buying the fact that Gettleman is a genius for moving Odell. Absolutely not. Stop Absolutely it. not. I will not do it one bit. Yep. Well, this guy is because uh, he hasn't done anything, and he's been acting like he's about to he's being buried alive even in the offseason when he got there to play with his best friend. Anywho, the Eagles side. <laughs> uh, it's going to be interesting because – this team was already depleted on uh, on the offensive and the defensive side of the ball, and now uh, their their cornerback Ronald Darby he's on injured reserve with a hip issue. Uh, Zach Ertz is a legit questionable with the fractured rib; he might not play. So look for Dallas Goddard and uh, and Greg Ward Jr., the number one wide receiver out of the AAF, uh, to to pick up the bulk of the workload. And uh, against this secondary of the New York Giants, I think Goddard and Ward could have a day uh, through the air. And I think Carson Wentz could also have a career day against the secondary as well, too. Uh, the defense has been stout against the rush, which is the one aspect of this defense that they've been really good at uh, throughout the entire season. Uh, but they're going to have their work cut out uh, against them, against the resurgent Saquon Barkley. Uh, the New York side... They need to scheme Saquon to be in space. Whether or not you line him out wide, you you do a couple of more screen passes. But Saquon has really come on over the last few weeks, like you said. And I think Pat Shermer needs to actually start designing the offense and auditioning to keep his job by getting the, the ball to their number one position skill player. And that's Saquon Barkley right now. And Daniel Jones... They he provided a good in, uh, snapshot to what the the NFC East could look like for the next couple of years, at least the next five to ten years between him and Dwayne Haskins, because they were they were throwing uh, body blows at each other pretty much. One person would score, then the other person would come back, and I think it would have been a, possibly a Redskins win if Dwayne Haskins didn't go out of the game with an ankle injury. Uh, so. That was a good thing to see between both quarterbacks. But I think Daniel Jones, with Ronald Darby being down uh, out of that secondary, and that secondary for the Eagles has been a, a gas can all season, I think he could pick the secondary apart. 
Uh, the old line is going to have a real test, though, because it's the New York Giants. They've never had a good offensive line, even when they won the two Super Bowls. So uh, the over-under is at 45. I think this goes over easily. And I'm torn. Like, I can really see this going either way. Uh, but I'm going to give this to the Giants in a role to play spoiler. Just because I think right now... So does Dallas get in then? If they if they lose, if the Eagles lose and Dallas loses, I think Philly would still move on. How? So what was the determining because factor there? Because the, the Eagles have to lose and Dallas has to win now. Mm. Interesting. So I think if they both lose, I think Philadelphia would still win the division. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. Could you imagine if the Eagles lost and Dallas got in? Oh, my God. But I feel like it would be the most on-brand thing for this division if they both lost. Implosion, right? <laughs> uh, but I have I have the Giants winning and a chance to play spoiler. Nice. Uh, next up, Washington versus Dallas. We've discussed Dallas at length. No need to get back into that. On the Dallas – I'm sorry, on the Washington Redskins side, Bill Callahan, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you talking about? In the final moments of the game versus the Giants, your team drives 99 yards for a touchdown. And instead of going for two to win the game, you decide to kick the field gun and go into OT and lose? Like, what are you doing, bro? Go for two. You're 3-11. and 11. Like, what's the point of going into OT? Just just try to get it over with, man. Um, like you mentioned, Case Keenan was leading the charge uh, for the Redskins because Dwayne Haskins left the game in the third quarter due to an ankle injury. There was a little bit of drama after the game um, where Haskins said in an interview, owner Dan Snyder told him not to go back into the game. Right. Later. Walked it back. Yeah. The, later, the team spokesman and Haskins walked about. Uh, team uh, spokesman saying Snyder instructed Haskins to listen to the doctors. Yeah, um, seems like Snyder was trying to save Haskins for next year, from what it seems like. Um, but not much to say here, man. The Washington Redskins are the second worst team in the NFL after the Bengals. They need a lot of new. They need a new head coach. They need a new GM. They got to strip it down, man. They need a new. They need a new Chase Young. Just strip everything down to the studs and build it back up again, man. Um, I look forward to seeing what they do in the draft. But I have the Cowboys winning to, uh, in this game, twenty four twenty one. Yeah, uh, the Washington side. Really, the only thing of note. Uh, I mean, Case Keenum is going to be under center. Dwayne Haskins is not playing this week, uh, so it's going to be him. And I think it's going to be a little bit exciting because, yeah, they played uh, – these two teams played week two, and the, the box score, it showed it was closer than what it really was, but at least Case Keenum could push the ball down the field, and he had a good connection with Terry McLaurin. But Terry McLaurin may miss this game. He's in concussion protocol right now. So this could be the Steve Sims, Adrian Peterson show because the secondary for Dallas is middle of the road. The rush defense is middle of the road, but it's on like the bad side of the middle of the road. So AP could be pushing back the clock like he did against the Buffalo Bills when we went and went out and saw him. He could have a 100-yard day, in my opinion. I think Steve Sims could do a lot of damage through the air. And... It's going to be interesting for the Dallas side just because Dak, he's, he is dealing with an AC joint sprain. They came out and said it wasn't affecting his throwing. But, I mean, you know, you, you have an injury to your throwing shoulder. It's going to be hard to throw the football. And the Amari Cooper factor, uh, because after the game last week, he came out and he, he, was, uh, he was visibly frustrated with not being on the field. And one of the guys that covers this team, uh, Clarence Hill Jr., does a great job covering the Dallas Cowboys, came out and I quote, his snaps were limited in the fourth because he wasn't playing well. 
they legitimately didn't think having him in on fourth and eight had the team in the best position to win. Yep. If he was, if he is not hurt, this will be revisited in contract talks. Uh huh. So. Yep. Coach's I, decision, bro. I mean, Coach's decision to give on the sideline. People can say what they want, but the fact that this guy that may be, that is your, in theory, number one wide receiver is not on the field in fourth and eight because yeah. you didn't think he was playing well, that's saying a lot. But I do think speaks ag- volumes. against this secondary of the Washington Redskins, if Amari Cooper was going to have a bounce-back game, if Michael Gallup was going to have a bounce-back game, this is a spot. And they're fighting for the playoff lives at this point. Like all Bro, bets, if they lose this game. You gotta throw oh my God. the kitchen sink at the at the at the the play calling sheet here. Um, the over under is at forty four and a half. Give me the over. Give me Dallas, and with the win, Dallas goes to the playoffs. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a lot to take in <laughs> with the win. Dallas goes to the playoff, huh? Yep. Oh boy. And then they would be playing either. What, Seattle? Or Seattle or San Fran. Or San Fran. Yeah, because Seattle-San Fran will swap one and five, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on who wins that game. Well, if Seattle, with the win that Green Bay had last night against the Vikings, if the 49ers win, I think Green Bay would be the number one seed. Hmm. Because Seattle lost to, they lost two games in a row. They lost to the Cardinals. Yeah. And then they lost to one other team. I was in the impression that this game on Sunday night between the Seahawks and Seattle was for the number one seed, essentially. San Francisco could lock up the number one seed if they win. Well, Seattle as well. But if they if they lose, yeah. I think Green Bay will get the first seed. I don't think that's accurate, bro. Well, we we'll, can check. We'll look at it. We can check. Um, next up, Tennessee versus Houston. Um, let's see. Listen, the Titans really missed Derrick Henry on Sunday after a 32-28 loss to the Saints. The Titans jumped out to a 14-0 lead versus the Saints, and a healthy Derrick Henry could have been the Saints into submission. But this game really didn't matter, uh, win or lose, so the Titans let Henry sit to heal his hamstring for the big game this week versus the Texans. Now, Derrick Henry is needed in that offense to create the balance they need uh, because Tannehill had another monster t- statistical game, but he held on to the ball a little too long at times and allowed the Saints pass rush to get to him. At the end of the day, Tannehill ended with 272 yards, three touchdowns, and a 72 QBR. Now, the other end, the Texans are AFC champs four out of the last five years after a 23-20 win versus Tampa Bay. Now it was a pretty, it was a pretty, uh, it wasn't a pretty day for the uh, Texans' run game. Uh, additionally, Deshaun Watson didn't have his best game either. He had some pretty big bad misses. Um, Watson could be seen reaching or favoring his right ankle for most of the game, so I wonder how much he'll play this week on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't really move up or down um, at all. They're going to be at number four no matter what they do. So you might as well rest them this uh, this week. Um, head coach O'Brien said, we are playing to win and the starters won't rest, which is, um, which I don't believe one bit. I, I do believe they're going to end up uh, sitting some people. Now, they, what they who they really need to sit is Mr. Fuller because he cannot seem to stay healthy. He's, I don't bit. think he's playing. I think he's actually missing the next couple of weeks with a groin pull. Like, they need to do whatever they can to keep him healthy, man, for the playoffs because dude is hurt like every few seconds like the wind blows the wrong way and he's hurt and when he's on the field for the Texans they're exponentially better um with him so I still think the Titans will end up winning this just because they're not going to play much on the Texans side 31-21 for the Titans yeah uh on the the really just the Tennessee side uh I think if they had Derrick Henry last week against the Saints I think they would have won 
and I, I believe they would have locked up with the second wild card spot at this rate. Um, but if Tennessee wins and Pittsburgh loses, they punch their ticket to the playoffs. Um, and I think they're going to have to really force feed the ball to Derrick Henry, open up the passing game. I think Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown can have another huge game uh, this week, especially going on the road in a hostile environment in Houston, especially with all the hype that J.J. Watt might be coming back in the playoffs. Uh, so I think they're going to have to really come out swinging and, and, and shut these people up by airing the ball out. Um, the interesting thing is, despite the fact on the Houston side, uh, despite the fact that they're more than likely going to have the number four seed, Bill O'Brien is still expected to play all of his starters in the game. That's so stupid. So with a hobbled Deshaun Watson, people are saying it's a ankle sprain. Some people think it might actually be a little bit of an Achilles injury. Uh, they're having him play the full game. You're having Deshaun, uh, DeAndre Hopkins go out there. Um, I think they should probably set their starters at this point and, and just lick their wounds and accept the fact that they're going to need these all hands on deck on wild card weekend here. Uh, but that's Bill O'Brien. He doesn't want to sit people. Okay, if he starts the, their starters, the Tennessee secondary uh, has been a gas can like the Philadelphia Eagles at times. And I think Hopkins and Kenny Stills could have uh, a decent day at the office if Deshaun Watson has time in the pocket because Laramie Tunsil may uh, miss this game with an injury. So yeah. uh, the over-under in this game is 45 and a half. Uh, give me the over and give me Tennessee on the road. Fun fact, Tennessee is also four-point favorites in this game. Wow, so that's kind of insane. That is crazy. I did not expect that one bit. Wow. Yep. Uh, next up, the 49ers for the Seahawks. Now, the 49ers have been on the losing side of some late-game losses. Um, but the 34-31 win versus the Rams Sunday night, I'm sorry, Saturday night, was sort of like the balance in the universe kind of thing coming back for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it must have been a sweet win for the 49ers because you're knocking off the defending NFC uh, champions while bustering your own playoff position. It was sweet for me, though, just to watch Jalen Ramsey get torched on the last play. It's and like you didn't, even, you didn't even move. Oh, yeah. You just let him go straight by him. <laughs> like I, it was great to, for me to watch that, just getting the, uh, the knockout throw on him. Um, and then at the end of the game, did you see him trying to like uh, blame his uh, cover safety? Was that he was trying to blame? Yeah, he was trying to throw somewhere in the bus, and I'm like, oh, that's classic Jalen Ro- Jalen Ramsey. Yep. Um, now on the on the 49ers side, man, they had a win, but not everything is all rosy. Uh, the week 14 uh, season-ending injury to center Weston Richburg reared his ugly head, um, as that offensive line could not protect Jimmy Pornstar G. Um, the Rams' defensive line had a heyday all over him. At the end of the day, because of uh, all the pressure on Jimmy G, he kind of struggled to find rhythm all night. He ended up with 248 yards, one touchdown, two INT, and 25 QBR. But he had two heroic throws late in the fourth quarter, both third and 16, I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of seal the game. Um, the offensive line needs to step up big time this week uh, on Sunday versus the Seahawks. Now, no team has had a worse Sunday than the Seattle Seahawks. It was pretty brutal for In them. about 10 minutes. Everything erupted. Not only did they lose to the 4-9-1 Cardinals, but they lost Chris Carson for the season and CJ Procise, correct? Yep. Um, they might have also lost their shot to number one overall seed. Pretty bad three-hour span for those guys. So is so did you look up? Is it end up? Is yeah. It end up- so right now, with what how things stand, um, I'm reading this from ESPN.com. The Packers clinched the NFC North title with the Monday night victory of the Vikings. They can lock in a first round bye by defeating the Lions in Week 17 or a Saints loss. And if 
They're not out of the race for home field advantage either. In order to ascend to the number one spot, they'll need to defeat the Lions in Week 17 and then have the Seahawks defeat the 49ers on Sunday night. So even if Seattle wins, yeah. Green Bay would be the number one seed. Okay. Uh, and then today, uh, the finishing point that I have is uh, today the Seattle Seahawks signed 33-year-old running back Marshawn Lynch. Yep. And they brought Robert Turbin back. Out of uh, retirement as well as a desperate attempt to put some sort of running Let's back. Let's get Sean Alexander right? too while we're at Seriously, it. Seriously, right? So some sort of running back room together, man. And if that's like the tactics you got to use, you know you're in some deep doo-doo. Um, I have more hope in their rookie sixth round of Travis Homer, man, um, than the clown show known as Marshawn Lynch. Um, with all uh, the ins- clown show, he's about that action boss. Yeah, he, he's he's probably the biggest clown show of all oh. time. <laughs> with all the instability at the running back right now, I don't see the running game working Sunday night versus the 49ers, which you ha- which you will definitely need. So I will say the 49ers win the NFC West and the number one seed, 24-17. Yeah, I have the 49ers winning this game too. Uh, the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers, they have come back down to earth the last couple of weeks. I think they're in the bottom half of the league. In sack, uh, in total sacks, uh, and a lot of that has to deal with. They've been dinged up on the defensive line, and I think Joey Bosa and DeForest Buckner and Armstead—they've just been gassed, and that showed on uh, on Saturday, where I think they only played seventy percent of the snaps tops. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was trying to get as many bodies in there to rotate on the defensive line to preserve these studs, uh, and I think that's going to be crucial moving forward especially if they're able to get D4 back for the playoff push. And there have been rumblings that Quan Alexander may make it back for the postseason, coming back from a pectoral injury. So the reinforcements may be on the way, but they're going to have to handle their business against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the aerial attack for, uh, for San Francisco, it should get back on track. This isn't you know our legion of boom that we grew up with. Uh, the, you know this, this secondary isn't really shutting anybody down. And I think... Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel could have a day. George Kittle's going to do his damage as well, too. Uh, so it could be a good day at the office for the big three of the, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the Seattle side, you already talked about the running back core. My thing, if they're not able to establish the run, Russell Wilson's the man. Don't get me wrong. But when you look at how this offensive line is constructed – and what Brian Schottenheimer is calling for plays being run heavy. And we saw this against the Rams a couple of weeks ago, where if you are depending on Russell Wilson to just drop back 45 times and throw you into a game, if they're facing a decent front four, that offensive line is not going to do anything. And he's going to be under duress the whole time. I think when they played the Rams and they had Russell Wilson's number, I think he ended the day with one interception and maybe 200 yards through the air tops. And you're not going to, that's not going to do anything if you don't have a run game, especially at home in Seattle. Uh, Give me the over in this game. The over is 45 and a half. Uh, Give me San Francisco. I think they take care of business and lock up the number one seed. The one game, the other air quote playoff game that's in the mix is the Pittsburgh-Baltimore Ravens game. I mean, unless Pittsburgh scores touchdowns off of the defensive side of the ball, Duck Hodges is not going to move anything against this Baltimore uh, team, even if they're resting all their starters. So Baltimore is going to take care of business with RG3. Nice. And that's my picks. 
going into the playoffs? Um, two things I wanted to bring up before we close out the show. Um, looks like the Texans are going to bring back J.J. Uh, Watt for the playoff run. Yep. Uh, looks like he'll be off IR for his torn pectoral muscle, correct? Yep. Uh, he should be ready for their week one matchup, which is probably going to be against uh, Buffalo. I if believe everything so, yeah. will pan out properly. Um, additionally, what does the sixth seed look for the AFC? Is it basically Titans going to lock that up? Is it with them with the win? They if Tennessee wins, and I believe if Tennessee wins and Pittsburgh loses, they lock up the wild card spot. So if Tennessee loses, Pittsburgh win. What happens? I think. Let's see. I'm gonna pull up the CBS playoff picture uh, website real quick. So if it's wrong, it's them. Also, um, we're almost at the end of the show, and I've only dropped two f words. So somebody's gonna be proud of me, right? Yep, yep. Mama Silva's gonna be proud. There uh, go. So right now, say if they go eight and eight, and Pittsburgh loses. Tennessee, I think this would still hold the hold true. Tennessee is ahead of Pittsburgh based on the strength of victory. 0. 0.444 to the Steelers, 0. 0.305. That is going to change if they both lose, but I think Tennessee would still be yeah. ahead on points, and they would lock up yeah. the, the final wild card spot. Nice, nice. You want to hang out on Saturday and watch some wild card football, bro? What am I doing Saturday? We're going to be up in the shower. Going up oh, to my parents on Thursday. Oh, my God. Yep, going up to my parents on Thursday, so... Gonna hang out in the six oh three, do a little Christmas action with them. Well, not this weekend, next weekend. Next weekend. This weekend's week oh, seventeen. Yeah. This next weekend. I don't next, think I'm doing anything. This weekend's yeah. week seventeen, next yeah. weekend. Yeah. yeah. Next, next weekend. weekend, your place. Yeah. Saturday night. No, yeah, why not? Watch some football. Yes, sir. Get some wings. It'll be a good time. Do drop in. Get some do uh get some tater tots. Yeah, do drop in. Great wings, great tater tots, loaded tater tots. Mm-hmm. Well, wings. it is that time of the year. Week seventeen is here. I'm sad. Yep. Fantasy yeah. football is going to be over too. Oh, how are you doing in fantasy football league? So, in the podcast league, taking care of business against yeah. Bobby Bollier. How mad is he right now? Uh, he, you know, he. Uh, I'm I'm not taking a victory lap yet. There's yeah. another week left of football. We'll we'll see what happens. I have a 40 point lead against him, but yeah. anything could happen at this point. Any given Sunday. Come on, just gloat a little bit. But just gloat a little bit. You know, just gloat a little bit. We were bit. going a little bit back and forth during the during the season over some trades, and my guys haven't really done a whole lot up until the last couple of weeks. So, you know, I'll, I'll hold my bragging until the the end of week 17. But okay. I'm doing good in there uh, in the office league. Uh, I had dude, my team was obliterated, obliterated with injuries and also on points because I'm in a 70 point hole right now. No way, you're in a 70 point hole. Yeah, because, so you're gonna lose that because I had Chris Carson. So you're probably gonna lose that. Probably, right? yeah. which is you know what I'm, I'm gonna say my bit in a second. But I had Chris Carson six points, and then Mark Ingram didn't play a full game because he pulled a calf. Um, let's see, Cooper Cup didn't do anything. Only got me nine points. The speaking of which, not to cut you off there, but that injury to marking him looks a little more severe than a calf. Right, looks like he pulled his Achilles or ruptured his Achilles, some shit like that. I, don't know. I think I thought they, I thought he had an MRI yesterday or today. They just said it was a, a mild calf strain. It could lead to Achilles injury. We saw that with Kevin Durant yeah. in the playoffs. So I think they're doing the smart move and they're shutting his ass down. Um, but no, my team was obliterated by injuries. I had Dalvin Cook. He didn't play. I picked up Mike Boone, got me four points. Devontae Adams didn't do it. Well, he would have done a lot if he didn't fumble the football. But going into week 17, my opponent, Blake, he's got Lamar Jackson. He's They're not playing him. 
and a couple other people on his roster they're not playing so he's gonna have to get crafty with his roster i'm just gonna go crazy with mine and just do dart throws and high upside people and see what happens so mm-hmm. i'm gonna have a little fun this week making coming up with a roster of the offense uh, in the office league so it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun to get crafty and get dynamic and see what i can do I right. have a lot of people on the Redskins, I'll tell you that much. Oh, boy. All right. Well, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays to people that don't celebrate Christmas. Um, happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy, happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Happy Festivus. What else is there? Eh, that's pretty much it. Christmas. Okay. Hanukkah. If we, if, if we missed you, we're sorry. Yeah. DM us. Happy holidays. Teach us. My bad. Feliz yeah. Navidad. Oh, before I go, uh, Witcher on Netflix, great show. Yeah, I heard Watch about The it. Office. Watch it. Witcher on Netflix, amazing. All right, you know all, what right. Saying? all right. Um, Henry Cavill, my boy, uh, Superman, uh, from the greatest movie of all time. Yeah, okay. Power of Superman, you're, you're, worth it. Stop doing drugs. Uh, okay, cool. Well, I got anything else? Brother, man, do you got anything? No, I just got to plug it up real quick. Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. Like, subscribe, download, share with your friends, listen to the long car ride going up to the in-laws. This will be a great time to catch up on some previous episodes. Give us some feedback. Let us know on social media. DM us. Otherwise, I got nothing else to say, Jay. Um, A little shout-out to my boy Aaron the Vikings fan. Yep. He uh, is probably not doing so good today. Bad, bad, bad game. They uh, all got sides of the football. They got blown up about 14 points last night. You know what I love? What Aaron Rodgers is doing in his post-game press conferences? He's bearish. It's, it's time for me to have a little whiskey. Whiskey or bourbon? Which one is it that he likes? Uh, whiskey, bourbon, scotch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotch, scotch. Oh, yeah. Oh, time for me to have a little scotch tonight. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm like, yeah. dude, who are you? Like, just, like, what are you doing? Well, in the Spanish <laughs> interview, we said tequila. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Bye, Condino.